Hi, Jesse. Hi. Okay, he's coming. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Um, if you could just help me with how do you pronounce your surname so I get it right? <laughs> yeah, no worries. Uh well, in Norwegian, it's like Strothweit. Strothweit, okay. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Close like enough. Circle. It like says all. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> okay, so Strothweit. Okay. Yeah, How does that work for you in Thailand? No, they uh, they butcher it every day, but. <laughs> yeah. No, okay, let me try and get that right. Okay. Um, you're fine with all the questions that we shared. Yeah, sure. I'm uh, I'm pretty easy, so they look good. Okay, great. So um, you don't have to have the camera on. Um, I just keep mine on because I think for most people it's easier to talk to a face than. Um, but if you have bandwidth issues, I can switch off my camera as well. Um, I, I hopefully will I not have bandwidth you, issues. You you, 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 you probably me. have a hotline. You probably don't have bandwidth problems. <laughs> Well, I'm actually on my mobile hotspot right now, but um, you know, it's uh, DTA coverage, so it's uh, very good. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, mobile hotspot is um <laughs> scaring me a bit. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll no, but it, it's usually always good, so I'm done with jinxes, mm -hmm. but that's it. <laughs> okay, sure. I hope it's okay. Anyway, um, if there is a glitch, just tell us, and we will stop because we are anyway going to be able to edit it. So. Anything mm -hmm. that you want to redo, just tell us. We will stop. So we're just going to run yeah. the recording anytime you want to, you know, redo or something. There's no issue there. All right. So I'm going to yeah. start with a little bit of an introduction, which you have shared, and then, you know, move into the questions. Sounds good. Is that fine? Uh, Sheetal, anything 
Can you hear us fine? I can hear you fine, Jesse. Uh, just uh, some breaks in between. Oh. Mm, maybe that's on your side because I don't think mine... I'm on Wi-Fi. It should be fine. Okay. Sure. Um, Lars, did you have any breaks when I was speaking? Not much. But just now it was kind of a little bit, but not, not bad. Like a tiny bit. Okay, but when you speak, I can actually hear it flickering a bit. Sheetal, did you hear a flicker yeah. when he spoke? No, not on not on his side, Jesse. I think that's okay, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, mine doesn't matter much. We can always retake my bits if it sounds bad. So um, okay. we would just start. So hello and welcome to our new episode for Marketing for Growth, a spotlight on telecom where we explore the latest trends in telecom. And today we are really excited to have with us Lars Christian Strothbeck, who is heading up digital sales and services for B2B in DTAC with a focus on accelerating the beyond connectivity strategy through B-Lab, the new one-stop platform for SMBs to grow their business. And his previous experience includes heading the digital transformation program in Telenor Group and leadership positions for digital at Nike at their European headquarters. So with this, it's a very broad span of experience. So super excited to talk to you, Lars. And I'm going to start at the beginning, which was you were a part of the transformation of Nike to a digital-led experience. What learnings from that very different space are you able to bring to the telecom industry yeah no uh, thank you so much for having me uh, jesse and uh, yeah very happy to be here uh, yeah i think uh, it was a really fun time at nike when 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 i was there and yeah when i started around 10 years ago or a bit more than that now you know nike was really a brand and a product company uh, the D2C uh, business was not that big and mainly like the big uh, brand stores to really kind of a physical manifestation of the brand, you know, like Nike Town London, Nike Paris in, in Europe. These are the big ones and, and around the world, like New York and etc. And uh, but I think Nike pretty early on saw this big shift towards digital. And, and I think for Nike as a brand, it was really important to have that direct connection with the customer because you really wanted to build like a membership strategy and creating members of the brand and, and provide that kind of uh, you know personal relationship so so that was uh, really important for the digital transformation uh, to to really scale that direct to consumer and really building that personal connection so I think in the beginning, you know, we were like a, like a startup. We were pretty small and no one knew. It was like the mantra and all of Nike globally was lead with digital, but no one really knew what it meant, you know? So there was a lot of trial and error, a lot of failing, but I think it, that was kind of one of the biggest uh, learning was like for such a huge company and a global brand, one of the biggest in the world to take that big leap, take the risk. And even when you don't necessarily know exactly how, you still lead with it across every category and across every space and, and figure it out together. And then you saw that rapid growth, triple digit year on year for several years in a row. Uh, and the team, you know, now uh, digital for Nike is, is their biggest channel by far. And it's like the three key, key pillars of the company and then and, and digital is, is one of them. So, so I think that was, uh, you know, a, a great learning and seeing how, how Nike really values 
putting the consumer in the center of everything. So always starting with the consumer uh, and the power of the brand. So like, you know, this uh, brand is like an oil that helps everything and, and really having those passionate consumers that really can be your advocates. And, you know, I, I used to head up the launch business, which is like the sneakers app. And these are the most dedicated people. These would camp outside our stores for 24 hours before. And, and they would be up Saturday morning at nine in the morning to, to queue up also online to, to buy, you know, the latest Jordans or collaboration sneakers. And seeing that level of passion that you can build, uh, that was really inspiring and, and really, uh, really fun, fun, fun experience. You know, I hear that you like a challenge and you like a transformation. And I think your current industry is also at an inflection point today with, you know, voice revenue sort of declining. And I see that you've embraced that with a beyond connectivity strategy. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what that mantra actually means? And, you know, is there a 5G play within that? Yeah, for sure. No, I think, uh, you know, and, and telecom uh, is definitely uh, in changes, right? For, for several years, I've been now five years, a bit more in, in telecom. And even in these five years, I see a lot of changes. Uh, and uh, and I think, you know, going, you, you definitely see the rapid decline of voice and then rapid increase in data. And I guess the, the big challenge is that we see the consumption is more important than ever. Like the data consumption, especially through COVID, skyrocketed. But uh, telcos have really struggled to monetize it, right? So the, the ARPA levels are in general not increasing. So the whole industry is struggling, right? To really, how are we going to get the next kind of level of growth uh, going into the next century and, and, and 5G and so on? So I think there's an affliction point where, you know, telcos really need to decide, like, do you go down the path of becoming more like a utility company where you become a dumb pipe and just provide, uh, you know, data connectivity? Or do you want to really be that service provider and, and build something more? And I think uh, probably all telcos definitely want the second option. That's the, definitely the more interesting one and also should be more profitable. Um, so, so I think for us, that really means we need to go beyond connectivity. Con connectivity will always be our foundation. You know, that's, that's where our bread and butter. But as you know, the markets are fully penetrated and we don't see the RP growth just organically happening. We need to go into new verticals and really build an end-to-end, -end, like a one-stop shop for uh, capturing that growth. And I think the first step for us is really around like, how can we grow with partnerships? So we have a strategic partnership with Google, for example, where we work really closely together, both on building the platform and on how we can kind of sell each other's products like Google Workspace or Google Cloud or, or similar for us. Um, and, and I think, uh, you know, looking at the future, I think these kind of partnerships are going to be increasingly important because telcos have an amazing distribution. They have, we have an amazing customer base and uh, we have a really strong local presence. So this is super valuable for these, for example, the big tech companies, but um, we're maybe lacking the products. And, and that's, so the first step for us is to grow with partners to really expand this business. And I think the second one, more long-term, you mentioned 5G, right? I think it would be very interesting to see like how we as an industry can really 
build new experiences, build new services on top of our connectivity. Even as 5G, I guess like the main main selling point of 5G is low latency and speed. What services really need that? Uh, and, and what service in general does the customer need? And, and then I think we will be in a, in a good position to, to, to leverage some of them. But yeah, I think it, it's hard because it, it, it requires a very different, I think, way of work investment kind of philosophy and an approach and i think that's perhaps one of the reasons why telcos have struggled a little bit to go head to hand on monetize the connectivity because you know like 4g have insane uh, value creation in the society but most of the value has been kind of captured by the big tel uh, the big tech companies right so if you look at the last five years they have had a big big growth and, and i think telco as an industry has not have the same growth so yeah we for the next era we need to be the ones taking a bigger part of that pie you talked a little bit about how the way you work has to change as well and in digital the speed is frighteningly fast and i mean that as a pun as well but how does that actually impact you and the organization and changing the way that you go to market or how you actually work? Yeah. So, um, you know, when, when, when we started our digital transformation, uh, like uh, in Telenor group, uh, Telenor, you know, big in Scandinavia and big in Asia. Uh, and um, uh, we worked together with McKinsey to create the strategy. And, and, and well, the key insights also from them and from us was like, to really scale digital, I think way work is is the number one. It's not the like the number four or five. It's the number one. In their experience, it's like seventy percent way work and culture, and thirty percent you know technology and and skills. Uh, and I think in my experience, also comparing to, to to Nike and also working very closely, for example, with with Google and and other tech companies, is <clears throat> telecom have uh, spent you know two hundred years. Uh, really uh, becoming very good at these big projects, building networks with really big capex, and you need long planning, right? It's it's pretty predictable in a way, but it's you need to have very strong kind of process to because it's a long term investment and, and a lot of money. Uh, so in general, I think we have become kind of uh, very good at those big processes where you have kind of predictable revenue streams in the future and, and you know what you need to do. Uh, the problem with digital is you don't really know any of those elements. So you can make very accurate business cases on very uncertain assumptions. And then, you know, the end point doesn't really, uh, it's not very likely. Uh, so what you need in digital is speed. You need to fail fast. You need to iterate. You need to test, build, measure, learn, and, and really work closely with the customer to see what works or not. Because it's very hard to predict what's going to be the next big thing. So that's why you need to try many things. And, 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 and I think this is where, at least in, in Telenor Group, we really struggle because we really like to have a big business case and very clear uh, picture of how it's going to evolve. And to give an example, when we work now with Google, we have this Google 10X transformation project with them where they have a transformation team called Google 10X. It's all about thinking exponential instead of incremental, hence the name. And, um, and, and we did like a 10-week design sprint on, okay, how can we do this for Thailand? 
Uh, and that, that's where this whole like one-stop shop and BE Lab that we now have launched uh, came from. And, and uh, now we're working really hard on scaling it. But you could see the cultural differences because as soon as we knew we wanted to do that, they wanted to go straight away to start building. And then like launch it, let's launch the MVP, you know, minimum viable product and take it from there. But we as a global telco, we wanted much more certainty on what's the five-year plan. How is this going to look for, for the next five years? What's the bottom line? What is the CapEx, OPEX? Every single split, right? Before we approve anything and start. Uh, and and, uh, and it, so it was a big difference and also like the willingness to take risk. I think they are really good at just going for it, taking risk up front and then seeing you know how it work. I think at the end of the day, we did very good as well because we, we launched the first MVP after four months. So I think usually we're talking to at least Google, the telcos will spend over a year before they launch the first version and they will build something very big. We were very focused on how can we minimal viable product? What's the first version? Get it out as quick as possible because that's how we're going to learn what's working and not. And once we launched, we learned a lot and a lot of assumptions were wrong. So we changed our backlog. We changed our approach. And, and now like every week, you know, we keep iterating and, and improving it. Uh, and I think this is what we need more of. And, and, and that's why this kind of agile way of work is so critical when you're going to uh, scale digital because the changes happen fast. And, you know, even Amazon, they don't know what's going to work or not. That's why they do uh, so much testing, for example, right? So um, I think we need to be humble to say that at least I don't know. And, and the best way to find out is to, to build, measure, learn and take it from there. Okay, you seem to be enjoying the excitement of the agile life. <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah. certainly more exciting is what I can say. Um, let me switch tracks a bit to something a little more in your control and predictable, which is today a lot of effort from marketing goes into understanding the customer as an individual and delivering really personalized, customized experiences to them. And telcos actually do have a lot of data about their customers. And I was wondering if you had any perspectives on, you know, what are the MarTech tools or data analysis techniques? What's working for you um, to actually kind of realize the potential of this customized offerings? Yeah, no, I think that that is a million dollar question that um, I wish I had even more answers. I, I would say... <clears throat> because uh you know like when we first started our digital transformation in telenor like uh, five years ago one of the key acquisitions uh, we did was a company called tapad uh, based in new york it was like a big acquisition and and their specialization was like they had a device graph to predict who you are across devices and and we built the cdp together like customer data platform and like the foundation of the transformation was really around personalization. You know, like you mentioned, like how can we really use our data to better personalize our marketing, our content, our experiences to give the best experience? I think uh, the, the really, really hard thing for us started in Europe and now it's also in Asia is privacy. So, you know, for a CDP to really work, you should have like, maybe 3,000 data points, right, to really predict. We worked like half a year to get four in there because of you need consent. And it's so hard to get consent, especially as a telco, because 
as we don't have that many kind of experiences where you really need consent, it was really hard for us to obtain consent to use the telco data for anything. Like if you if you are Facebook or Google, it's a bit easier to get consent because then, you know, to use the service, maybe uh, you, you need to consent. But we didn't have that many services like that. So I think that, that that's the number one is like, how do you really do this in a privacy uh, approved way, let's say? Because now in Thailand, for example, we just launched the PTPA, which is kind of like GDPR. Uh, just for Thailand, so we have the same same challenge. So I think I think that's number one. Uh, and then, so I think in my experience so far, it's like we try to use as much data as we can in our marketing and sales and and personalization uh, within what we can do. I think uh, maybe almost even more important from what we are learning is so we use that you know for lookalike targeting or retargeting or personalizing the landing page. But I think a huge area where we still can learn much more and I think where you can get actually the most value is, is uh, using data to really understand the customer. So not only to personalize, but to understand, you know, uh, what's the behavior, what's the different segments and how do we optimize based on this, you know, like optimize the campaigns, optimize the journeys optimizing in general and, and really have a data-driven approach to all of it, not opinions, even though, you know, marketing is a mix of uh, art and science for sure, especially the brand building is notoriously hard to, to measure. So I think there is a pitfall as well, on, especially on digital marketing, that you have so much measurement that you tend to just, um, you tend to over kind of uh, over index on the short-term metrics because these are easy to, to measure like leads or conversions or click-through, but that's not really proving real engagement, right? Or like real impact. So so maybe a clickbait looks great on those metrics, but uh, to build like the brand and to bring the loyal customers, it doesn't help at all because it's just, you go and you bounce probably. But, uh, but I mean, yeah, I think MarTech is super important. Uh, we are using, you know, a lot on Facebook and Google and using their tools. Other challenge I think with Martech is just in general is you know these are wall gardens so it was a little bit hard for us to use our first party data uh, in these environments uh, with the privacy kind of approved way, but uh, there's still a lot of potential out there uh, and and how we can optimize uh, yeah but we have seen some challenges so if anyone out there as well have some good ideas on how we can get the consent to do even more uh, love to hear it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely there are challenges, but I think part of the promise of 5G is also the amount of real-time data that's available. And it's not just consumer data, but all kinds of data. So do you see, you know, how that's going to be fueling innovations? Yeah, I think like data is super important, right? And and like how the big question is like, I think there's been talk about big data for many years maybe haven't seen that many, at least in telco, like super monetization on it. Because it's like one thing is to have a lot of data. One other thing is like, first of all, to be allowed to use it for the purposes you want. And then the third is like, okay, what's the product you want to give to the customer to really monetize it? So for, for me, I think the first thing is to, I think the, the data needs to improve the experience you want in the first place, but it needs to start with like the innovation, like what do you really want to deliver? What is the product? What is the service? What's the experience? 
that the customer really wants and take it from there. And I think especially as the telecom part of it becomes increasingly a uh, commodity and, and you know it becomes more like uh, I think postpaid, maybe unlimited data. So you don't need a lot of interaction right on that because the channel keeps going. So that's why it's, I think, super critical that we go beyond connectivity and create amazing services that the customer want. And there we can really use the data to give better recommendations, give better experience. And uh, I don't know if that is you know, creating streaming services, if you're in uh, TV and broadband or creating the next, you know, like who knows, but I think you know, I think the problem sometimes with 5G, like I I went to some like uh, telecom kind of conferences as well in, in Europe some years ago uh, on 5G. And I think there's there's so many like uh, Ericsson and stuff, they've come like 200 use cases and all these, but I don't really see uh, that many of them being coming to life yet. Uh, so I think it's everyone is kind of looking at each other, what's going to be the golden uh, silver lining, like the... The, the 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 one thing that's going to take it but I, I don't think there is one like magical one i think it's going to be a lot of a lot of smaller things and then i think you know 5g is going to be critical for the society to build innovation but then the question is who is going to build that innovation and i think if if it's going to be the telco we need to take risk we need to uh, work fast <laughs> agile and we need to empower our teams to to really try new things be okay with it either failing or not, but really trying some new things and be okay with not being certain for five years if it's going to be the right thing. Because uh, there's a lot of kind of visions out there, but I, I want to see them in practice. And, and, and also maybe through partnerships because there's uh, it would be hard to really scale some of these. So I think also not being afraid to work with partners and leverage other strengths. I think that's going to be an increasingly important uh, area and I think for telcos just lasting on that is like we need to make sure that we don't treat partners like vendors so it's not about like uh, pushing for the lowest price or like being uh, far away from each other and and like pushing each other a partnership means working together and collaborating and that's uh, kind of a di very different approach than the traditional vendor relationship that I think the big relationship telcos usually have is, is the vendor relationship, you know, to build a network or IT or whatever it is. But if you're going to really build new services and amazing products and customer experience, you need to, to work in a partnership way and, and much more collaborative, um, yeah, in the future. That's a lot of transformative thinking. Um <laughs> It's how you work, what you work on, the kind of people who work with. So I think, yeah, there is a lot of change happening in your industry. And it's exciting because, you know, there's a lot of new opportunities as well. So as we wrap this up, I wanted to ask you, as somebody who has worked in multiple countries, multiple industries at different paces, what's the advice that you would give a new marketer entering the space? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think uh, for new, like uh, young people entering the space, if that was the focus, I think the number one thing is be a sponge. Uh, you know, try and have a growth mindset and learn as much as you can. That is really because 
you know, the future of marketing and the future of this industry, it's not written in books. It's, it's, it's not based on the past. It's, it's, it's a lot that's changing, like you're mentioning, and, and, it's, and it's changing fast. And so if you can really have that growth mindset and, and be willing to try new things, even though if you don't really know how it's going to end, you're willing to take that risk and, and but then be very critical on the feedback loop on like is it working or not and what is the insight what is the learning so you can keep building on it for the next part because you can do an a b test on two marketing campaigns and see which one is working better or not that's great but if you don't understand why that's working better you can't build on it for the next time so i think it's it's really important to try and always think of why is this happening you know, and then you can do it through customer interviews or do different testing or, or create hypotheses and, and see, test them out. But if you're able to keep learning, then you will really grow. Uh, and that's the same in any market, in any industry. And also, you know, I worked in many countries and, and it's quite similar. I think like that's the key insight for me is like people are much more similar than different. And, you know, the first team I joined uh, at Nike, uh, we were 14 people. That was like the performance marketing team. And we were 14 people from 12 countries. <laughs> so it was like two from the UK and everyone else was from different countries. And it was like from Asia, South America, US, Europe, uh, Africa as well. Uh, yeah, so it was like every continent. And the thing is like, we were all kind of the same, you know, like, so I think that's the inspiring thing for me and why I always seek to, to work abroad or in different market is, it's so interesting to learn new cultures and 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 I think you know as a new marketer, just try and be curious and try and be open-minded and then you're gonna you're gonna go you're gonna go far. Okay, that's great takeaways. Be curious and be open-minded. So with that, we come to the end of this podcast um with Lars Strothweit. I hope I got that right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, thanks so much to you for sparing the time for this. And thanks also to our partners, Kumbhaiva, for making this possible. And it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Thank you. Bye.